Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. My name is M, and I want to talk about books and cats. Happy October, book lovers. This is my absolute favorite month of the year. It's sweatshirt weather, and lately I've been rocking my favorite bright yellow hoodie from Nature Head Co. It says nature is dope. I love it. I think bright yellow is my new favorite color. Anyway, if you want to check out all of their cute, super comfy clothes, there is a link in the show notes. And if you use code FRAP, you get 15% off, which is pretty great. Plus, you're supporting a small black owned women-run business, so you can't go wrong. (laughs) Anyway, October is also the month of gorgeous foliage here in Vermont. It is so beautiful. I usually feel like I'm living in a postcard because I live in such a pretty place, but this time of year, that is especially true. I take a lot of drives during the fall because the trees are just so pretty and they change every day. Anyway, my plan for October was to read scary books only, but then I started this audiobook and I was completely hooked. And honestly, this book is scary. It's scarier than horror books because it's a true story, and it's about addiction. And addiction is terrifying. The opioid crisis in the United States is out of control, and this is just a very small taste of that world. So, yeah... I think it fits the scary book theme. Anyway, today I am talking about High Achiever by Tiffany Jenkins. So this book was so much more than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I didn't read what it was about. I just assumed that it would be kind of a comedic memoir because I only knew of Tiffany Jenkins from her YouTube videos, Juggling the Jenkins, which are pretty funny. I especially love the ones where her brain is having a meeting and she embodies like her anxiety and her depression and procrastination, et cetera, et cetera. Um, They're just so relatable and funny. The book is not funny. As I said, it's scary. There are definitely a few funny moments, but it is really just a fascinating look at the life of an addict. She had a bad addiction to pills, and she also lived with a cop. Well, this got real interesting real fast. (laughs) She is an excellent writer, and she's very honest. She doesn't pull a lot of punches, and she definitely does not sugarcoat her own experience to make herself look better. She also has an excellent voice. I listened to this book on Audible, and she read it. And it was really... Honestly, I think it was the way to go, because you get to hear her tell her story, and, I mean, the emotion is there. So, like I said, this is a very honest depiction of her addiction, and it also involves her time in prison, and it's just really an intriguing tale of struggle and recovery. The book was surprising and moving, and it left me in tears more than once. The end is 
just beautiful and hopeful. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful read. So some spoilers ahead, but honestly, even if you listen to this episode, you should read the book anyway. Fantastic. And I'm not going to get into all of the details. So she was dating a cop when she fell back into her addiction. She had already been through recovery once, and she hid it from him for a really long time, like a surprisingly long time, considering, I don't know, that he's a cop and that all of his friends were cops, and she was just, like, hanging out with them high out of her mind. As things got more demanding, she ends up getting into debt with a drug dealer for about $7,000, because she did the drugs instead of selling them. She ends up stealing from her boyfriend's parents, and then she steals and sells her cop boyfriend's guns to another drug dealer. That's when she goes to prison. And in prison, she's treated even worse than most inmates because she once knew all of the cops. And everyone that works in the prison knows that she has put a cop's guns into the hands of a ruthless drug dealer. The inmates think she's a narc, so she's kind of screwed both ways. The girlfriend of the drug dealer that she sold the guns to is currently in jail with her, and she gives her a hard time. One of her fights with that girl is one of the funny parts of the book, where she retaliates by hitting the girl over and over with a pillow in jail. Like, it's the weirdest prison fight I've ever heard of. And kind of a nice, like, moment of levity in a pretty intense story. On top of all that, she is dealing with withdrawals, as well as suicide attempts. And the way that she writes about them is jarring and brutal. She writes honestly and without reservation, and it is intense. Things improve for her slightly, but then she ends up going to solitary because someone sent her a note. And she is definitely abused by the guards. They don't bring her a blanket or a toothbrush. And she gets lucky because one of the guards catches her trying to break her own arm so she can get out of solitary. And he realizes that they are abusing their power over her and gets her released earlier to Gen Pop, just released from solitary. Um, She is released soon after that to a rehab, and she kind of lucks out because she meets a woman from a specific rehab, and she takes an interest in her, and they make sure that she ends up going there and not to a much worse facility that is basically just another prison, which is where they're trying to send her because, you know, everyone hates her. (laughs) I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just uncomfortable. (laughs) The disdain for addicts is upsettingly real. There's even a moment when she goes on a ride along with her boyfriend and she sees him and his buddies laughing while they're checking on an overdose victim. They're laughing because the dead man is wearing a shirt that says, shit happens. What the fuck? (laughs) He justifies it to her because it's such a heavy job, he has to find levity somewhere, which I kind of understand, but it still just feels cruel. I really think this book is important. Many people blow off junkies because they're supposedly terrible people. And yes, they make really bad choices and they do hurt people. But there are reasons behind the actions. Something got them started. They have some pain that they needed to suffocate. And then they're trapped. You don't get out of that stuff. Unless you're real lucky or real determined. I think we're only now beginning to recognize the severe dangers of opioids. 
honestly, I hate them. I had them when I had my wisdom teeth pulled and I only took them for two days because I just couldn't deal with feeling like I was outside my body. But if you were suffering from a great pain and you weren't as hard-headed and stubborn as me, I could see how it'd be easy to just take those and just fade away. Later, when I had to have thyroid surgery, I refused them completely and just took Advil. It's fine. I can deal with a little pain. The risk of addiction is just too great. And once it begins, I don't know if anyone has the strength to walk away. Tiffany wanted to. She knew that the choices she was making were terrible, but the drugs just had a crushing grip on her, and they cause immense pain and sickness when they start to leave her system. It overtook her brain, and her sole focus became getting high to make it stop. What a horrible cycle. It breaks my heart that so many people have to live like this. This is not to say that I don't also feel for the families and the victims of addicts. Everyone is hurt by addiction. It casts a wide net. Tiffany stole and pawned irreplaceable things as well as the police-issued weapons. She lied to everyone in her life over and over again. Her descriptions of Elliot, her cop boyfriend, were heartbreaking because he was a good man. He thought he was building a life with a woman that he loved, but he didn't really know her at all. On top of his broken heart, he must have felt so much shame being a cop and not seeing what was going on in his own house. No one wins. There is a glimmer of hope in the end. Tiffany made it. She healed and she got her life back. She met a man who knows everything about her and loves her. They have a family. And it makes me happy to know that she is healthy and creating a happy life and positive content for others. Plus, she goes and speaks to groups of addicts in recovery. She's making a positive impact on the world now. Redemption is always possible. It just might take a lot of work. I highly recommend this book. I loved the audiobook. Like I said, it was really nice to hear her telling her story with the emotion just right there in her voice. Um, but either way, book or audiobook, check out High Achiever by Tiffany Jenkins. It is so, so good. And now we're going to take a quick break, and then I will be back to talk about a TV show made from a book that we've already discussed. Hey, book lovers. So my language journey is ongoing. I am up to day 432 of my Duolingo streak, which is pretty good. I am feeling much more confident in my ability to read German, which has been greatly improved by the books from Prismatext. With Prismatext, you can get tons of great books that are written in English, but they have words and phrases of your chosen language worked right in. If you don't understand them, you can click on the words and it will give you the meaning, and they repeat the same words, which is super helpful. They offer books in a bunch of languages, including Portuguese, German, Spanish, French. They're just the best. Check out the link in the show notes and use the code BOOKSANDCATS for 30% off your order. That's books, the letter N, cats, for 30% off. You can get a single book or check out their bundles. Become bilingual and show your love for the podcast with Prismatext. Welcome back, book lovers. So 
Today I wanted to do something a little different, and I want to discuss a show that is on Hulu that is based on a book that I covered in episode 39, and that is Nine Perfect Strangers by Leanne Moriarty. She also wrote Big Little Lies, which is another Nicole Kidman show. Something about Nicole Kidman must fit this woman's aesthetic, because she is the main character, Masha, in this show as well. I really loved this book. I loved the characters, and I was intrigued by the casting of this show. Like I said, Nicole Kidman is the main character, but it also has Melissa McCarthy, and I love her. So this definitely had my attention. Plus, it's a very intense book, and I was I was extremely interested to see how they would handle it in show form. And it was fantastic, if I'm going to be honest. (laughs) It is eight episodes. Each episode is about 40 minutes long. I will say the one thing that drove me nuts was the introduction is like two minutes long. So I just skipped through it, but that's a lot. Like, (laughs) let's speed it up a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, I think the main thing about this show was the visuals. They filmed in absolutely gorgeous locations. Um, The trees were amazing. Just everything was amazing. They would find waterfalls and just gorgeous. So we have two different stories kind of going on. Well, we have a bunch of stories from all of the different patients. They are all there because they have extreme trauma and they have been hand-selected by Masha for her special treatment, a new protocol, as she keeps calling it, which essentially spoilers, is just dosing them with psilocybin. Magic mushrooms. And then it ramps up from there. It gets real interesting. Um, But we also have the story of Masha and her painful backstory, and also the mystery of who is sending her threatening text messages. Masha's the only one allowed to have a phone in this 10-day retreat. The clients all have their phones taken away. They can't post about it on social media. They have to sign an NDA. They have to drink daily smoothies. They're not allowed to bring in any outside food or alcohol or anything. They also have to give blood every few days, which seems a little extreme. And that gets ramped up, too. The whole thing just ramps up real fast. But the idea is that she mixes and matches her guests like a cocktail. So they've all been chosen for a reason. And those slowly come out over the first few episodes. The characters are all really great. They're really complex. The actors are fantastic. It is just, it's so well cast. It's such a good show. They also call Masha their own mystical Eastern block unicorn at at one point, And I love that. What a great description. <laughs> I will say that if you are struggling with suicidal ideation or any kind of mental health, you want to proceed with caution with this one because it is intense. So intense. It brings up a lot of emotions. Just they're all suffering so much and it's so well acted. You just really feel it all. (laughs) I have to say Melissa McCarthy's character, Frances, is by far my favorite and she's kind of like the secondary main character after Masha. Melissa McCarthy is just so good. She's such a good actress. She has such range. Like, she can make things kind of funny, but then she also has these really emotional parts. And just, she also has, like, a romance story. It's just, she's so good. She was my favorite by far. Another person that I was super psyched to see in this cast, uh, I now can't remember his name, 
But he played Jason on A Good Place, and I adored his character on that show. And his character on this is really great, too. It has the same, like, kind of sweetness and sensitivity, but there's more darkness there. And also, like, like he knows that things are going wrong, but he's still kind of going along with it. Like, it's just really well acted. He is such a good actor. And the other really big focus is a family of three the parents and their 20-year-old daughter, and they are all grieving the death of their son, the daughter's twin brother. It's right before their 21st birthday, and none of them have really dealt with the pain, and they are all blaming themselves in their own way. And at one point, Masha ramps up their protocol and gets them all real high on psychedelics, and they have kind of a a group hallucination where they can all see their dead son and communicate with him. And everybody kind of gets to work through their blame and realize that it's nobody's fault. It's really powerful and moving. And I don't know, it was one of the really like striking moments of the show. Anyway, it's on Hulu. Check it out. It is fantastic. Just be ready to cry. (laughs) Cause I cried through the whole damn thing. <laughs> I'm so glad that this was good because I'm always very wary of anything that is made from a book, especially a book that I really, really liked. And I loved that book. I was hoping I wouldn't hate this, and I definitely didn't. It was so well done. They really brought the characters to life, and it was just incredible. Anyway... Check it out on Hulu, Nine Perfect Strangers. Love Melissa McCarthy. Nicole Kidman was good too, but that character is so, like, you kind of hate her and like her, which you're supposed to. She did a great job, but Melissa McCarthy's character was a lot more likable. (laughs) So I don't really have any cat stuff this week. My cats have been just kind of lazy and laying around my house. My black fluffy cat, Weird, has taken to sleeping next to me at night which he doesn't always do, but lately he's been really snuggly. And I saw this great picture the other day that is a a painting, I think, called The Witch. And it's just a picture of a woman laying in bed with a black cat. And I think whoever posted it put something like, uh, how many other witches are out there that have a black cat that sleeps with them? And I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, Tis the season of the witch, after all. Anyway, um, so let's move on to the quotes of the week. I've got three again, and they are all from Nine Perfect Strangers because I'm just obsessed with it now. (laughs) The first one is the lowest point of your life can lead to the highest. And I love that because I'm personally just I have hit my lowest point and I am working on building myself back up. And I already feel like I'm at a higher point in my life than I have been um, just emotionally mentally, physically even, um, all around, really. (laughs) So this one I found hopeful and also just real on point for, for my own personal life. I also feel like this one fits with High Achiever, too. So it really fits the theme of this episode. (laughs) Um, the second one is sometimes your life changes so slowly and imperceptibly that you don't notice it at all until one day you wake up and think, How did I get here? But other times, life changes in an instant, 
with a lightning stroke of good or bad luck, with glorious or tragic consequences. And I think that, again, so dead on. I mean, I think most of the time life is changing very slowly and imperceptibly. And sometimes it's for the good, although I feel like you have to be a little more focused and work for that. Usually, I feel like the stuff that creeps up is kind of like the things that make you stagnant, that get you stuck somewhere, and hence the how did I get here moment. And then, yeah, sometimes life just slaps you in the face, good or bad, and uh, everything changes real fast. You just never know. Life is a life is a ride. <laughs> you just got to take it. And then finally, this last one, women and their bodies, the most abusive and toxic of relationships. Masha had seen women pinch at the flesh of their stomachs with such brutal self-loathing that they left bruises. Meanwhile, their husbands fondly patted their own much larger stomachs with rueful pride. And that's something that has just always been on my mind. I mean, I've dealt with eating disorders and diet culture my whole life. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with nutrition and health, even though I don't always practice what I know. Um, but I have always found it interesting and disheartening that women have to stress. They don't have to, but they do. They have to stress so much about the tiniest imperfections. There's one character in particular in um, Nine Perfect Strangers that she's beautiful and most people would look at her and think she's perfect and she has a laundry list of things that she doesn't like about herself. And I think that tends to be the case uh, with women and it's so sad because we're just taught to hate ourselves for all these stupid reasons. Meanwhile, men just can kind of be. And I know that that's not true all the way around. Um, more and more, there's more information about men and eating disorders and body dysmorphia. Really, it can affect everyone, but it just seems to be skewed toward women. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting quote. So now is normally the time for a new chapter of Heart of the Storm, and I did promise there'd be a new one this week, but I'm sorry. <laughs> it has been a pretty heavy week for me. Um, not just because I read a super uh, upsetting book and then watched a emotionally just like destroying show, <laughs> although those probably added to it. It's just been a rough week and I didn't get my chapter finished. So I'm going to hold on to it until next week and I should have it done by then. So you're just going to have to hang on for one more week. I'm sorry. <laughs> So that's all there is for this episode of M's Books and Cats podcast. This one was a thinker. This one was pretty intense. And like I said, uh, the rest of the month, I'm going to focus on scary stories, but I'm going to go with stuff that is not like real life scary because that gets heavy <laughs> real fast. But I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will be back next week with something a little lighter, a little more Halloween based. <laughs> I appreciate all of you so much. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, keep reading. <laughs>